Welcome to Rhythm of Previews, where we check out the preview chapters of Rhythm of War, the fourth Stormlight Archive novel. I am Danielle with 17th Shard, also known as Fell Candy. And I'm Marvin, also known as Pedio. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, Tor released chapter seven. If you've missed our preview episodes and want to catch up, you can find them all in the description box below. I did not put them only... in the description. I did. I put them there. Good. That's good. So you're not making a liar of me. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> not only did Tor release a chapter this week, but we also got the U.S. cover reveal for Rhythm of War. So... There's going to be some Rhythm of War spoilers, and we may even touch a little bit on some Mistborn. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, we will. I, I, I'm the Cognitive Shadow producer ghost, Eric, uh, and I, I want to talk about the cover, too. <laughs> yes. so I see it just at the same time as you all. Yeah. So let's just talk about the cover a little bit. And I'm going to um, put this over everyone's faces so you can see it, because I didn't want to make another overlay. So... Yeah. That works perfectly fine. Great. Everybody needs yeah. to see us looking at the cover. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> what do you think? So, so, so on this cover, we got Shalon as our main cover person this time. Um, she's standing in Shadesmar in front of a crystal looking tree. Um, you can see that strange sky in the background. And then in the, in the background, there's also the ocean with all the beads. And you can kind of see that there. And then on the back cover, or on the left side of the composition, yeah, we yeah. have Adolin. Yeah. And we have that confirmed yeah. that it's Adolin. It is Adolin, yes. It is. Yeah. It's no one else. It's just Adolin. And uh, he's got a sword that is not a shard blade. And he's kind of kneeling in the foreground. And then in the background, we have this kind of strange looking obelisk or monolith or something that's completely black and very smooth. What do you think that is? I don't yeah. know. Looks like something cryptic-y, <laughs> though, to me. Uh, I guess it would be, uh, like, shape-wise, it should be something cryptic-y, but, like, we know from the Amazon blurb that they're going to Lasting Integrity and as the mm -hmm. envoy to Honorspren. So maybe it's Lasting Integrity and, like, a fortress of the Honorspren as well. Something like that. But that also explains why Shalan and Adolin are together <laughs> in Shades on the cover. Yes. Yeah. I like that they, uh, like the obsidian is shaped like waves. I think that's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I like that. That's a part I really like. Uh, I think <laughs> the sky's cool. Like it's not black, but like, eh, you know. Yeah, it kind of threw me off at first being like bluish. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of used to like some games where it's like it's nighttime in the game, but it's not like actually black because you actually yeah. need it to be illuminated in the composition. Yeah, true. So That's I'm like, true. yeah, that, that doesn't really bother me personally. Shalon looks weird to me. Like, this yeah. her face looks like she's 13 I, I cannot get over that like and she's the most prominent thing Wayland's done a better Shalon that looked way better in the words of Radiance Hent page I don't yeah. know why this one looks so weird to me I actually feel like her face in this one seems more to me like Shalon than the other one the other one looked a little more mature well, if anything, if they should that, be reversed, yeah. right? Shalom yeah. the Shattered Plains should be the less mature one, and this should be the more mature one, because we've had yeah. a lot of time to mature. Like, she is still young, but, like, I don't know about 13 young. I really like her Hava, though. Like, it's oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like... Really cool. yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's really, like, really nice. Why is she posed that and way? 
for both her and uh, Adolin, I like really the sort of fractally designs they have on their clothing. So it's yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. People have noted like the leaves on the right uh, are kind of like fractally designed and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's pretty cool. Mm. And the crystalline structures. Yeah kind of reminiscent of some of the pattern drawings in uh, Way of Kings, I think, the f- first drawings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I must say, I, I do much prefer the Bulgarian cover, though. Like, I think that one just matches my notion of Shadesmar yeah. much more. I wonder if they got yes. a similar brief. Like, I know that they were required to have Shalon on the cover, but I wonder what Michael Whalen was told compared to what they were given. <laughs> Like how much more detail he was given? Maybe he he may have got more notes, but it seems like the core prompt, right? Like the the UK one is Shalon mm-hmm. in vaguely shades mar, but like they really abstract <laughs> it, right? Yeah, I really didn't like that one. Uh, I, I normally really like the style of those ones, but uh, Jess, yeah. Jess really likes those, my fiance. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I when I think of crystal trees, uh, I don't think the crystals are at the base of the tree I, I don't know so the bulgarian <laughs> cover kind of matches my perception of it a little better but uh, i do like the waves yeah. and the beads are pretty cool quite subtle but uh yeah so i like the I don't think you would see stuff. each individual bead mm. though, from that far away yeah. I, I just don't understand the orange crystals <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just kind of weird, weird. and i agree like uh, the way i imagine it and that's also close to the bulgarian cover it's that Shadesmar is mostly barren, and mm-hmm. you have a little bit of uh, a f- few trees here and there, but this Shadesmar looks very lush, actually. Mm-hmm. like We have vegetation all around, and it's, it's just a different inter- interpretation. And, I mean, it does look gorgeous, this cover, but uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily, necessarily match my imagination. The scenery is cool. Yeah. I just wish Lon was not. <laughs> it does look like a, kind of like a forest and, out there. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. Um, Don't be confused by Adolin having white hair there. It's, <laughs> part, it's just the lighting. Like the, yeah, the lighting. And actually, this version of the of the cover that we see here or that we have received is um, not yet 100% finished. Mm-hmm. It's actually like one of the final dra- uh, versions. But uh, especially Adolin, I think Waylon has said that he has to put some finishing touches on him. So oh, we might- yeah get him to be a little more blunt maybe yeah and uh michael whalen's twitter account i guess is run by his assistant um Mm -hmm. they clarified that that rainbow effect underneath (laughs) adolin's sword is actually just a property of making the ground look like obsidian so like kind of like oil slick or something rather than being anything uh like awakening or anything Uh, like that the amount of conversation on discord (laughs) about that was very amazing to me so we have that clarified now so that's good (laughs) His sword is also just an ordinary sword. It's not mm-hmm. anything special. Like he can't obviously can't take a sharp blade into Shadesma, mm-hmm. so he has to make do with a normal sword. Yeah. My- Michael Whalen also clarified <laughs> that on the Wave Kings cover, it's not Dalinar, which I think mm-hmm. Brandon has t- told many people that it's Dalinar, but like maybe maybe just a miscommunication. I think Brandon really likes Michael Whalen stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't say I'm the 
he biggest fan? I don't know. Like it, well, it's fine. Didn't he say that he kind of fanboyed, so he wasn't gonna like <laughs> yeah, try yeah. and you know micromanage him or anything because he's uh, just that's fine. so happy that he's doing the yeah, covers. <laughs> Brent is always super glad that he gets Michael to the to do the covers, and so he mm-hmm. always says like he can't demand more yep. of him because he's already doing the covers for him. So it's yeah, it's a very traditional fantasy cover mm-hmm. and. Definitely. I don't know if that's my favorite, but uh, Shadesmar looks yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it has traditional elements, but it's kind of otherworldly, almost alien. So it's yeah. got it's got different aspects that kind of make it stand out from a traditional fantasy sword and sorcery that. kind of cover. Yeah, it, it definitely captures the otherworldly aspect really mm-hmm. well. I think. Yeah. Which I so, like. do you like this one? How like what's your ranking for the the covers? Oh, I know. I know my okay. ranking. For me, this one is probably actually my favorite so far. But maybe just because I like I like shades more. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the depiction of it. But then like the color scheme also really is quite strong because the other ones were very orange heavy. I feel that's like, true. Uh, that they we, are. We, yeah. we mostly get rock, and that's it. So yeah, uh, I like the switch up here to be most mostly blue, basically. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like Way of Kings a lot, but I think that this one's starting to kind of edge it out. Just when you look at the very front cover, so it's just like the right-hand side of the picture, Mm -hmm. there's a really nice divide in the orange and blue, which is mirrored from the storms in the first two books True. and um it's it's got my favorite character on the front i really like shalon so i mean i do have some problems with the anatomy of it a little bit she's got a really long neck and stuff but besides that i'm very happy with the design of this one i think it might be my favorite I think Way of Kings is tied with Words of Radiance for me. Uh, I know a lot of people do not like the Calden face in the American (laughs) Words of Radiance cover. I don't care about that. Uh, I care for pretty storms, and that's what I go off of. And the Words of Radiance cover has a bluish storm, and so I think it looks awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Zeth looks cool in the the full art of the Words of Radiance Mm -hmm. cover. So those two are tied. This one is third. And my least favorite is Oathbringer because I'm I'm sorry, like the full art of that cover is cool, but the just like the cover of the book itself, where it's like it's Yasna in front of a wall. I'm like, no, I kind of flat. I no. <laughs> so like at least this one's much more interesting, but uh, I cannot get over how weird Shalon looks to me. Like that mm-hmm. that is just not how she looks. Thirteen and my fiance said she looks like she's nancy drew and i'm like i can't get that out of my brain and so i'm not a big fan of Shalon. Yeah, her pose is a little cheesy <laughs> like yeah. Ooh, do i see a clue like if it was just the scenery i'd probably like it a lot more but the people just actually lower it for me so yeah so th- yeah. those would be my rankings uh i i have long some people like i love the oath ringer cover but uh I do not share that enthusiasm, let's say. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a wall. I like it. All right. All right. Well, time cool. for me to shut up while yeah. you guys talk about the chapters. <laughs> Have fun, guys. Bye. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm still here, but. So let's actually start talking about the chapters again. And like we, uh, like last week, we already had to go back to the annotations that Bren mm-hmm. is now doing for these chapters because he's always... He doesn't get up or isn't even up yet when we record these. So 
Mit Kahn hat damit no, eine Chance zu. not awake <lacht> before noon. That, yeah. that is for sure. We don't have a chance. Uh, have, to, uh, yeah, we haven't had a chance to get his comments yet. So this one again is for last week. And he basically said that the entire fight scene that we had there, like we had the very long air, uh, chase in the air of um, Kaladin and Lashley. And he actually considered cutting it, cutting it completely from the book. But he decided against that because um, it has a lot of nice callbacks to how like we have these lurks there, these creatures, and it's a nice callback to Kaladin's flashbacks and Tyrion and, and things like that. And while it would have prolonged, like, we already had a lot of fighting in the beginning of this book, so he didn't really want to prolong that. But instead, Brandon opted to for just trimming down the descriptions of all the fighting, so it was a lot more terse in that, and he wanted to focus on Kaladin as a character there, so that sort of explains why we don't get very long descriptions of how uh, or what all the maneuvers that Lashree and Kaladin are doing are, and like what happens around them, so... It's a lot more focused on how Kaladin deals with it as a character, I think. And so, you, you know what you get yeah. in this chapter? More Kaladin <laughs> fighting. Why do you say like that? It's exciting. It, there's just a lot of fighting is all I'm saying. So <laughs> I see what Brandon's saying with like yes. considering cutting it because it's just like he Kaladin fight, fight, yeah. fight. He also mentioned if he did this as like a movie, this scene would be cut because we don't yeah. need, you know, repetitive fighting action sequences but he used it also as a mechanism to kind of show Kaladin and his team working together and a little bit of um, his development as a windrunner and stuff so I feel like he he kind of exercised his artistic liberty to add it in and he decided to just keep it and I think even with like chapter seven now he didn't really focus so much on the fighting and instead on like the effects of what we'll see mm. when we get to the part of the yeah, chapter. Yeah, which we'll discuss <laughs> later. All right. Well, I guess we can just get into the chapter. So again, rhythm of war spoilers <laughs> for this <laughs> chapter. No way. <laughs> um, so we start with our epigraph. Um, this epigraph says, basically, <laughs> um, zinc and brass wires threaded through the gemstone via drilled holes um, can control the spren's expression strength. Um, zinc strengthens and brass dampens the spren's power. The drill holes have to be placed carefully so as not to fracture the gemstone and release the spren. I have a big very, smile on my very, face. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. see it, uh, and I really want to just right I really want to just talk about that right now. If talk I, about okay. it. Do Actually, it. yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> well, we have sink and brass there, so elementsy much. <laughs> so right. the, I see and like it really fits. Like we have sink is the writing metal and it's the pulling metal in the emotional elements. And so this mm -hmm. one strengthens and even like she talks about how the spren manifests more strongly. So you can literally say the sink is sort of pulling the spren more into the physical, maybe, or like it's pulling on the effect and strengthening it. And brass has the opposite effect. So yeah, really strong connection there. <laughs> Yes, I won't repeat what you said, but with the drilling into the gemstone, that almost sounds like hemallergy to me, like where they they have to 
put the wire mesh into the gemstone where zinc is fortifying the emotion, brass is commenting it, or not emotion, but the expression of the spren. <laughs> so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that's what my first initial impression was like, why do they have to drill the wire mesh into the stone? And then they mentioned that they have to be careful not to crack the stone to release the spren. So there's like a lot of little tidbits in there. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a very good comparison actually with Himalurgy because sort of, I guess you could say that you maybe sort of have to insert the metal into the identity or like spirit web sort of, of the, mm -hmm. of the, um, spren. So yeah, I like that. Like, and I'm always it, looking at the hemolurgic um, reaction of zinc mm -hmm. and that fits it, it, it steals the, um, the, the power basically. But I, yeah. when I was looking at the brass, it didn't quite work in my mind because brass, what does brass do? It, I it steals components, remember. components of other uh, ferrochemical abilities, uh, storing okay. and stuff. So I, I don't know if that really holds any weight, but that was my first impression, which is what mm -hmm. this episode is about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like uh, I think just the thematic connection alone is like pretty strong there, and that it, it sort of makes sense that you get, I guess you and the or like the emotional elements works on the cognitive aspect mostly of mm -hmm. uh, the target, and this also maybe uh, sort of works with maybe convincing the spren to come or to express itself more strongly, something mm -hmm. like that. So it would really fit. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the epigraph. Um, so we're going to just, just split it up into Shalon, and later on we have Kaladin's point of view. 20 minutes in. Let's start the chapter. <laughs> let's start. Great. Hey, we had a lot to talk about we before. Did, we did, we did, So uh, we have Vale speaking with Ayala. It just picks up right where it left off. And she's trying to get information and the evidence against her. Um, obviously, Vale wanting to kill her, but the other two don't want to. So they decide to just keep going on with their original plan. Um, and then she partially summons Pattern just in case to give them a direction. Um, and then she doesn't let him coalesce into her shard blade um and then shallan veil and radiant uh they have to have an accord and they call it the three and they do that in order to have any kind of action to take any action so ili reveals that she actually didn't set a trap for shallan but she was actually expecting the ghost bloods to be setting a trap for herself um, they drink all these various alcohols and Isla is using them as a metaphor for her plans regarding uh, Gavinor, um, the ghost bloods, and even uh, Shallan, who I think Isla is thinking she's just an anonymous assassin from the ghost bloods. And then as Isla finally accuses Shallan of being a ghost blood assassin, uh, she asks her to search for the rarest vintage, in quotes, and then Adolin and his men burst in, they arrest Ayali, and you hear a shouting in the background, and Ayali is falling to the floor, dying. Um, so then near the end of the chapter, after the next point of view, Ayali dies in their custody, um, and apparently she's poisoned by Blackbane. Um, and then Shallan takes on the challenge of searching Ayali's possessions for clues. Like Nancy Drew. So. <laughs> 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 uh, 
her last her last ideal is I am Nancy Drew. It's going to be in her personality. Uh-huh. Yeah, hidden hidden fourth persona. Yeah, I think it's the first time we have Shalan and or like the three referring to the, herself as the three here, and it's I find it really cool. And uh, it also is interesting that she doesn't refer to herself as they. She refers to herself as she. So it's not like it's really one entity at that point, the three. And it's also later in the chapter when like she's actually on the, in, the, in a high, um, higher stress situation, she actually thinks as the three. So it's not one of them taking action, but all of them at once uh, in some way, or just one of them sort of like they merge at that point. And I find it really striking and cool how Brendan's portrays it there and like sort of also fluidly switches to the three at that point. Yeah, I feel like it's actually kind of a good step in her actually coming to terms with her issues um, because she's not letting one or another take over. She's actually forcing all these personalities to agree to something before they actually take action or do anything. Um, So I'm thinking maybe it's just her way of being in control while still, you know, siphoning out different um, jobs to different personalities. Yeah, definitely. And I just really, really like how the uh, Brandon did it here and can see that he really tries hard to portray it accurately. Yeah, definitely going to see a lot of that with her, I can tell. Um, when a Pattern comes into her mind and starts talking, he he knows who is in charge at the moment, which I thought was kind of interesting. He he talks about Vale specifically rather than Shalon. And uh, the, I also noticed that, and I wonder whether that's something he only does when he becomes a blade because they sort of have this, they communicate telepathically at that point, basically, or that's something he always has. And it's sort of just uh, uh, the nature of their bond that mm-hmm. they know know that of each other instinctively and something else that also i think we had the first time here in this chapter is that apparently the spren can tell where their radiant is by Mm. partially being summoned (laughs) yeah basically so that's yeah i thought that was a really neat thing um, cause she, she starts to summon and then she doesn't fully, and that just is a way of her signaling to pattern where they are. I think that was already established ahead of time as kind of a, like a signal to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a really neat, uh, use of her abilities. Definitely going to come in handy later at some point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really cool ability to have. And speaking of Adolin, <laughs> I I love their relationship still. Mm-hmm. I was worried at first with him having to deal with her other personalities and how he's not technically in love with Vale or, you know, <laughs> but um, he loves Shalon so much and he's like her solid rock, you know, he, he kind of grounds her. And when he sees her, he, he asks, which one are you before mm-hmm. he hugged her? So it was almost like he treats the different personalities as different people. He doesn't want to, uh, you know, act untoward towards Vale or Radiant by hugging them inappropriately or anything, but he wants to hug Shalon, his wife. Um, I thought that was a really nice little touch about their relationship. And it really goes to show how like, 
accepting they are of each other because they can do it uh, that's basically in public where they do it or at least mm -hmm. with others around so it's not like okay we need to keep this down low and like uh, not, not tell everybody that you are I, or like Adolin is basically married to the three people sort of mm -hmm. it sh just shows that they are that their relationship is really working for both of them and like we know that Adolin also sort of treats Vale as a drinking buddy and so mm -hmm. I can see that having evolved even more in the intervening year and Adolin coming to groups with it very well yeah it's cool. And and I wonder what at this point in their relationship, if he knows anything about the ghost bloods or her secret, you know, hmm. identities and stuff, because it doesn't seem to me like she's come clean about that to him. Because when she stops him and he says, no, 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 I'll search Eli's rooms. It's like she knows about the ghost bloods and she wants to protect him from knowledge about it or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's... And and then, I, I wish, and then it's been a year since they've been married. So. Yeah, I wish they had shared that, but I can't imagine that Shalan did. And it probably will have some negative consequence at some point because they, that's a pretty huge secret to keep. Yeah, but then and again, we also thought that him killing Sadius was going to have all these negative consequences. Yeah. So. yeah, but speaking of the ghost bloods uh, and Ayala at this point, she seems to be quite aware of things and uh, mm -hmm. she knows the ghost bloods and like how they uh, apparently appar uh, she thinks that apparently they killed the the other high princess mm -hmm. and so she's much more in the know than I had thought yeah she definitely seems to know a lot about their motives and she talked about Gavilar seeing other worlds, which I don't know what he's referring or she's referring to if she's referring to like the different realms or is she talking about like legitimate other worlds like the other planets um, or if it's just, you know, Braze or something like that. So and then um, when she scoffs about the ghost bloods just mm. wanting to have power, you know, she's like, what is power? Like, um, <laughs> that's such a vague thing. She's, she seems to know more than Shalon knows about it. And yeah, I, I, what also she talked about, um, Gavilar and she also mentioned Ristaris there, which mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the first mention of him in, since quite a while. Long and, time. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sons of Honor that we have seen before her, they didn't make that good of an impression as like a secret organization that who have their stuff together. But she definitely seems to be like she knows about Gavilar and what he did, and she gives a much more informed impression and really makes me think that the other Sons of Honor really were just people who have no clue at all whatsoever and um, like a, a joke to her, even her and like she says oh I, they think I'm the true queen of Alethka and things like that when she actually supports Gavinor apparently which also probably is just her scheming but yeah it's quite a star contrast between her and the other Sons of Honor um, I just want to say I apologize if you can hear my dog <laughs> and she's Pretty quiet, but... Your dog is very excited <laughs> just, about Rhythm she, of War. She really liked this chapter. Um, I wanted to say something, too. 
Uh, oh, um, yeah. If I was in Shalon's place, that would be the next step that I would want to do in this investigation after um, she she searches Ayala's rooms. That's who I would go to, Ristaris. I would maybe try to see who's trying to assassinate him or try and see what he knows, stuff like that. Do you guys want to remind people who Ristaris is and what we know about Ristaris? Hey. I don't know very much about Ristaris. I'll tell you, <laughs> I wrote the Ristaris article on the Copper Mind. So, oh, there uh, you go. We have yeah. a resident expert. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. I wrote Ristaris and Thytokar's articles. Like, oh, there's mentioned like three times. Great. Uh, Ristaris actually advised Amaram to take the shards from Calden in Way of Kings. Um, and Mraes, yeah, like in that scene... Amram's like, yes, Ristaris is right. I need to do this. So that Ristaris was like advised Amram to do that. And uh Mraes, uh called the Sons of Honors Ristaris's cronies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things. So that that's yeah, that's about it, really. That's what the big connection yeah. is. I don't think we got <laughs> anything on Ristaris in uh Oath Yeah, Runner. no. Like we don't even know the gender. Like it mm-hmm. could be a woman. So yeah. Yep. Who knows? That's true. true. Well, I mean, except Sons of Honor, but you know. Well, that doesn't yeah, need to be. Uh, there were yeah. women in the cultists. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's certainly And true. we, like, Gavilla talks to, at, like, uh, at the feast, he also talks to women, and so that who are probably part of the organization. So, yeah. Oh, uh, Restaras may have originally brought Gavilar into the Sons of mm-hmm. Honor. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is he, he's also mentioned, like, Gavilar mentions him. Yes, Gavilar thinks that yeah. uh, either Rastaras or Thydekar was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was like, oh, Rastaras, that doesn't make any sense, uh, yeah, if I yeah. remember correctly. But then he thought, like, <laughs> Thydekar was more likely. And <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's what who Rastaras is. And, but I also found interesting, it's like, the ILI was poisoned here, and uh, it actually was or the three's intention to kill her at first, but they decided against it. So the ghost bloods for one have contingency plans in place to deal with ILI because they want her gun gone. And it also shows that they don't really fully trust Shalaniet to do her job, basically. Which hmm. Yeah, and it looks like they were trying to make it look like a suicide because my first impression was that, oh, she killed herself because she was getting captured. Mm. But then they said, it doesn't work that fast when you ingest it. It actually works faster if it's injected into the bloodstream. And so Shalon was thinking, can I find even like a tiny needle mark or something? So I thought that was kind of interesting. Someone close to her must have dosed her with that. And I mean, it's it's kind of hard for her to find out who it was because if it was someone in her close circle because they are light viewers so <laughs> hmm, who could have done it yeah but something else that i thought that's just an aside but which i found really interesting it's the first instance of this curse nails nuts is what uh, one of the <laughs> yeah uh, the uses so yeah well, apparently best. every herald gets something yeah <laughs> That's that's the best. Like just, just, we see just, we just. see instances of um, Shalon's little light weaver club, which is neat. Um, mm-hmm. So she's she's got them um, being able to put up, you know, 
a mask for each other where they look like they're guards. And then even Adolin was like, well, we can just turn ILI into a rug or something so we can <laughs> sneak her out. Um, I thought that was kind of a nice little nod to see how far they've actually gotten in there. That uh, order. Uh, also, uh, list viewers, I apologize. There may be some like flickering. I don't know. Discord's fine, but my capture software is apparently not. I don't know. I'll see what happens in editing. So I'm sorry about that. I didn't change anything. So whatever. Okay, uh, that's about all we have to say right now about Sean's point of view. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about, but in the interest of time, let's move on to Kaladin's point of view now. And so we left off Kaladin chasing, or he saw that the town manor was on fire and he, or Leshvi, let him go after the teleporting fuse, um, who also appeared again there. And so in this chapter now, Kaladin approaches the manor and in front of it, he challenges the fuse, but the singer wants to fight him inside and says like, oh, come inside, fight me there, Windrunner, so you, where you can't use your powers which goes to show that he really is not interested in an honorable fight and set wants as much, much of an advantage as possible. And apparently the fuse has access or like the singers have access to a Fabriel that can tamper with the Radiance abilities. And it seems to be a Fabriel powered by white light. And they use it at that point and Kaladin notices that, that he can't use his powers anymore. And he also can't summon Sil as his uh, blade anymore. The fuse apparently thought that would be enough to take away Kaladin's prowess, but of course Kaladin was a skilled fighter even before he got a, became a windrunner. So he makes quick he makes quick work of the regular singer soldiers with the fuse, and then he also anticipates like the fuse starts teleporting again, and Kaladin of course at this point knows already how his teleporting works. So he anticipates or like he follows where the red ribbon goes and anticipates him manifesting again and strikes him right in the neck between two plates of carapace. And so the fuse is dead until the next Everstorm at least. And then we also get Lyft appearing. Uh, she, she apparently was around and she then deactivates the Fabrial and they can use their powers again immediately. And... Lyft also says that like oh somebody in beggar's clothing was abducted or was taken into the building, which Kaladin realizes is Roshon, and he decides to go looking for him, even though he sort of hates him quite a bit. So yeah, that's about it for this chapter. What did you think, Danielle? Well, that fused guy, <laughs> the big demon-looking fused guy, uh, is a jerk. And he totally wants the upper hand in fighting. Like, not only, okay, he says, oh, Kaladin, you know, come inside and we'll fight without you being able to fly away. And so Kaladin follows him in. And then he tricks him by using this fused, or fused, um, the void light Fabriel and um, forces him to lose his spear and all of his abilities as well. And he's taunting him and stuff, but he had no idea that Kaladin was already an amazing fighter and um, very strategic <laughs> in fighting before, uh, even before he spoke his oaths or anything. So um, kind of turn the tables on him 
that didn't work out for him so well, but it, it really shows that this particular order is so vastly different from the heavenly ones. Yeah, I agree. It's like, I can't wait to see him appear again to see what other tricks he pulls off to mm-hmm. sort of fight against Kaladin in a disadvantage battle, disadvantage battle, basically. And like, I can sort of imagine him doing ever more ridiculous attempts to get Kaladin to fight or to finally kill Kaladin and never pulls it off. But yeah, and at some point they figure, hopefully figure out a way to kill them indefinitely. And maybe then that. Yeah, you can just postpone it until they can figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's It was actually kind of funny how quick um, Kaladin actually defeated him. And <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh no, please don't make this like a joke thing like the Sons of Honor. Oh, he's just a, you know, he's just going to keep coming back like a, like a joke. <laughs> but um, I think that he's just going to keep trying more and more tricks to try and box Kaladin in and keep him as powerless as possible so that he can fight. Yeah, and I think at some point they like the Radiance would also just say, okay, don't kill him. Maybe they can find some way to restrain him differently. Like, I guess, or I suppose an aluminum box would work quite well for him. Mm, yeah. So maybe they'll do something like that and sort of keep him as prisoner and get to question him. Like, that would be a really neat arc, I think. Yeah, and then speaking of these new Fabrials, um, mm. they are super dangerous. And, I mean, we haven't really seen too many like this. I'm, I don't even, I can't think of any. So yeah. uh, there must be really, really new and possibly even like prototypes of new Fabrials. Um, but I was just thinking when I was reading it, could you imagine them using that in the air when they're fighting Windrunners or something? Like using... You know, to to cause the environment to do damage to them instead of just having to fight them. Uh, It's not an honorable way of fighting. I will say Mm -hmm. that. That actually makes me wonder, like, he did have to bait him inside. And uh, maybe right now the Fabril isn't advanced enough and it's sort of limited Mm -hmm. in range. And it it would work outside, but Kaladin would like it would be easy to avoid it again. So maybe it has a very limited range at this point and they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. But definitely a very dangerous weapon. And like we, the Amazon blurb also mentions like how Fabrial's arms race is underway now. And Mm -hmm. I think this really is like the kickoff. Now we're talking Fabrial. Yeah. Like they have the fourth bridge, but look at what we got. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and then it, it's also interesting because it doesn't work like the spear. It doesn't pull the mm-hmm. stormlight out of them because um, the edge dancer, Godeki, he didn't die from his injuries. He just wasn't able to heal himself. But then as soon as the Fabriel was turned off by lift, um, he was able to use his stormlight that he had to heal himself. So, but, like, the, I think like we saw it, it prevents surge binding. For the Radiant or for Kaladin, it he can't summon Syl anymore as a spread or as a blade. And he also like the way Godeki he uh, it says that he at, at right at the moment that the Fabril was deactivated, he sharply inhaled his Stormlight and then mm-hmm. could heal again. So it also uh, or I think it also sort of stops Stormlight from being able to or like the Radiant from being able to inhale Stormlight. Mm. And so, 
Kaladin also describes it the moment the Fabrius activated as a like he immediately knew that he couldn't use his powers anymore, even though he didn't even have to try. Mm-hmm. And he sort of described it as a smothering feeling. So yeah, but he also said that he didn't need to breathe because he still had his stormlight in yeah. him. So he didn't need to breathe out and release mm-hmm. the stormlight, but he also didn't need to breathe in and get oxygen. So that was yeah. kind of weird that he was able to yeah. use the stormlight for that. Yeah, like, and what the smothering feeling sort of makes me think that maybe somehow the the Fabriel works to sort of, I don't know, isolate the Radiant from the outside world in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the all the stuff they still have inside, like they can heal with Stormlight still, but they can't mm-hmm. magically affect the outside world or connect to it. So and not, not capital C connect, but uh, yeah, they just have a hard time doing stuff i guess with yeah. the magic and it makes me wonder because we saw lift there as well speaking mm-hmm. of lift i'm very happy with how she acted in this chapter um and she's taking orders she's anticipating what kaladin needs her to do um so i was really happy with that uh she seems to have matured in this year i wonder how the fabriel affected her and her spren windle um, you know, how she can use him as a foothold or something. I wonder if she was still able to do that with him uh, when the Fabriel was on. Hmm. Yeah, right. Like, hmm. Because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm assuming he's now, still yeah. not not going to be summoned as a weapon or anything for her. So I don't think we would see her trying to summon him as a weapon. But um I wonder how the Fabriel, because she has this weird thing going on. So mm-hmm. I wonder how I the like Fabriel affects her with that. She's more in the cognitive realm. So, mm-hmm. hmm, yeah, that's, and now I also wonder whether she would have still been able to basically eat something and mm-hmm. turn it into Stormlight. Or that's yeah. also something that would have been blocked by this Fabriel. Hmm. Well, we yeah, will probably find out because they were able yeah. to take the Fabriel and bring mm-hmm. it to Navani. So, yeah. Hopefully oh, we'll yeah. see more about that. <laughs> Looking forward to Navani just losing her mind over it. It's like, yeah. oh my God, I need to find out how this works. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, speaking of the Fabril in general, like at the beginning, we see when they activate it, we see that the void light glow sort of fades away. And mm-hmm. it, it makes me wonder whether does the Fabriel sort of does it drain immediately and just have a prolonged effect or like does it need sustained void light to work because it apparently it keeps working up until lift turns it off again so mm-hmm. hmm, wondering how, like how it works fuel wise i guess mm-hmm. and i wonder what kind of spren is inside it mm-hmm. yeah i mean I guess it would be a white spren of some sort, probably, but yeah, don't know. And I guess it's also now interesting to guess which metal it might be using. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, something else I found interesting about the Fabril is that it did not affect the fused there, so he still mm-hmm. was able to use his abilities. So either it somehow specifically targets humans, I guess, or maybe it just... Like it's a fundamental difference between their powers. That could also be you saying like, that gave me an idea. <laughs> Navani could make a reverse Fabriel with like Stormlight and use it to dampen Void Light. If that works, that would be if yeah, if awesome. she figures yeah. out how it works and stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
That yeah, that just gave me an idea. <laughs> and that's what an arms race is, right? Someone comes up with mm-hmm. a new weapon and then you have to counteract it with your own and then, you know, it just kind of escalates from there. So I could totally see that happening. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I actually liked it quite a little bit. So I mean we are like we are seven chapters in right now and already have seen so much new stuff. So yeah, the Fabrius stuff is going to be totally wild this book so something else that i notice about this is that sill can still manifest normally mostly Mm -hmm. like she can still fly around and be in the physical realm so it really only seems to affect like sort of the human magic connection i guess would be Mm -hmm. a way to put it yeah i think maybe that has to do with the smothering uh, feeling mm-hmm. that you were talking about. Um, it, maybe it puts like a shroud around them that forces them to not be able to use their magic in externally, yeah, you know, some way, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But, but the spren are not affected by it except that they can't take the shape of a shard blade. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Yeah. No. We let Neverni figure it out, and yeah. Then we said, oh yeah, I saw, thought it worked that way all along. <laughs> cool. And then um, with Kaladin, after all of that happened, he is still struggling with his ideals. Um, mm-hmm. He's struggling to. He has to remember and repeat his oaths in order just to go and save Roshon, <laughs> which I don't blame him. Roshon is directly yeah. responsible for Tien. Like, um, he's a horrible person. He he didn't let Kaladin go in his place. He didn't. He wanted Tien to to be in that position. So Kaladin has to get over that in order to stay in line with his oaths, and he struggles with it still. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's sort of in line with how you have that one Chemstone archive. Uh, Windrunner who says like he's not sure whether he'll actually ever achieve his fourth ideal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it really makes me think that maybe, especially the Windrunners, because they have this very externally focused ideals, mm-hmm. that they might have had a lot of radiance at the third ideal, but many didn't progress farther because it's just a very huge burden to sort mm-hmm. of take care of everyone around you and like. It's very understandable that Kaladin is struggling with his fourth mm-hmm. ideal when even his third one is already, or like all the previous ones are causing him um, yeah. internal strife. But, you know, he, he did go into the fire, mm-hmm. <laughs> into the burning <laughs> building. So, I mean, he, he's, he's doing the right thing to keep his ideals and keep his bond with, with um, Syl and everything. But he is still got a lot to deal with and mm-hmm. i'm sure that a lot of this has to do with like him having to accept it so that you know he's got having all these nightmares and everything um so he's definitely struggling a lot uh with this with this whole thing yeah i think that's about it <laughs> yeah Uh, I guess that is all we have to say about chapter seven. You can find all of these preview chapters at 9 a.m. Eastern time on tour.com. And we'll also let you know on 17thshard.com at nine o'clock when they come out. And please feel free to come and discuss them on our Discord, on our forums in the comments. We really appreciate it.
And that is it. Bye. Bye.